0: My name is Ese. Um, I have a new life in Christ, and I'm recovering from anxiety, control, and anger. Hey, hey y'all. Um, I was born in Benin City, Edo State, Nigeria. My parents immigrated to Queens, New York, a couple months before my first birthday. I did not grow up in the church, but there were a lot of Catholic influences. I remember as a child waking up to my dad praying over me um, and putting ash on my head. I don't remember praying as a family or biblical lessons being taught. Um, I would call my family CME saints, Christmas, Mother's Day, Easter saints, only going on holidays um, that culture found acceptable um, to go to church for or when uh, the going got tough. Um, Then when things were good, we would stop going again. There was a lot of elements of dark magic that framed my family home. Spirituality and black magic were constantly blurred lines, with my mom's dreams being the central focus. My mom would have these dreams where she would see things, the past, the present, the future of all of our lives. And she would constantly warn us about various things in these dreams and used it in a way to control us to behave and stay out of trouble. And her dreams were law in our house. Uh, You were to follow them or else pay the consequences. In my parents' home, whenever there was an opportunity to share emotions of any kind, verbal ridicule, as well as physical and emotional abuse would occur, um, our thoughts and opinions were not welcomed or respected. I was familiar with disconnecting. My mind subconsciously disconnected from my feelings. So I wasn't constantly overwhelmed. I needed this defense to function, to suppress the painful feelings of sorrow and utter helplessness I felt. In our home, love was conditional. And the more we did to be good, the more love we would receive. Because of fear of confrontation and feeling unloved, my feelings, my siblings and I learned quickly to lie and manipulate others around us for the sake of false peace. I was a habitual liar before I turned 13 and by the age of 16 I was living a double life. I was seeking satisfaction by instant gratification through lying, manipulation, stealing, sex and idolatry of my parents. I was struggling to make my parents proud of me and happy, but constantly falling short of the expectations they had of me. On one end I was Essay, the free-spirited optimist. And at home, I was muted, suffocated, broken, pessimistic, and unhappy. I knew all of this, but I wasn't sure how to fix this. When I was 20, I got into nursing school, and I thought my life was okay. At this point, my parents were, all of a sudden, out of nowhere, upping the ante on me dating. It could only be a Nigerian guy, of course. Soon, I met a guy who I initially thought was very timid, kind of nerdy, but I thought he was safe. I wasn't interested in him at all, but he was nice and I wanted my parents to be happy. I felt like I had hurt them so much with all my actions in the past that I owed this to them. So we had been dating for several months when he sexually assaulted me in his apartment with his sister and his friends in the other room. I spent the next decade believing that somehow I caused him to think it was okay to do what he did, which left me feeling repulsed and ashamed I wrongfully believed that I was equally to blame. I felt like damaged goods. I felt sick, dirty, and disgusted with myself. Because I was so sheltered at home, I didn't have any close friends I could talk to about it. And my relationship with my parents was pretty much non-existent. Um, I feared that if I told them about the abuse, they would blame me and make it worse. I was used to stuffing my pain in a box, so this was just another painful thing to add to the collection to go back in my closet. Although I had learned how to push these feelings down, they were never really erased. So these intense emotions resurfaced whenever I hit a new chapter in my life or when I sought to relate to others in a vulnerable way. I had already spent years as an anxious, angry girl who felt unloved, unworthy, and unclean. And I had worked so hard to transform myself into a fun, carefree, confident woman or so I thought. But I realized that I wasn't who I was pretending to be. Suddenly I was a woman who let men do bad things to her. And I vowed that no one would ever hurt me or touch me like that again. And I decided I would never date a Nigerian guy again. I shut down emotionally and became more promiscuous and became more withdrawn. I trusted no one. My walls I put up started crippling the few relationships I had including my relationship with God. I was, an, I was still an off-again, on-again churchgoer at this time. I decided to just focus on school and not date anyone. Several months after making that vow, I met my husband, Nosa. <laughs> my mom was already telling me about this guy who had come from Nigeria and was getting his master's and he was this exemplary student, blah, blah, blah. I wasn't interested, but I pretended to be. And by the end of the holiday, we exchanged numbers, and I sheepishly called him to please my parents. The question he asked me during our first conversation was, so when did you give your life to Christ? And I gave some political beat-around-the-bush answer. Every conversation was centered around Christianity with him. I thought he was weird. I lied and manipulated all of our interactions for eight full months. Based on the lie, I believed that he would never love me if I told him how awful he, I really was. However, in the eighth month of us dating, my sin my had caught up with me and I was arrested for shoplifting. Nosa was the first person I thought to call. When I got a hold of him, I regurgitated the truth of who I really was and every lie I had told him for the last eight months. After all, I had nothing but time in that cell. Then he shared something with me that I never expected. Grace and love. He was hurt, but he never made me feel like a horrible person at the time I felt I was. That was the first time that I really experienced God's love. Nosa encouraged me to go back to church and go beyond a seasonal, being a seasonal attendee. I always assumed that Christianity was a list of do's and don'ts I especially thought that because I felt so dirty and damaged before being a part of them church folk group. I had to fix myself first. Um, I had found a non-denominational church not too far up the road from where I lived that had newly opened. I don't remember much about the service as I was too heartbroken, sad, and wrapped up in my own loneliness to pay attention. But I do remember at the end of the service, the pastor came up and shared that whoever was broken and waiting for something better to wait no more, that now was our time, that the Lord was calling us to come to him. He then shared 2 Corinthians five seventeen. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away, behold, the new has come. Then it hit me, it is all about Jesus, not what I have done or even what was done to me Because of what Jesus did on the cross, God did not see me as damaged goods or dirty. I would be made new if I put my faith in him. I spoke to several people in a membership class not too long after this revelation, where they shared their faith in a living God who could transform my life and fill the emptiness that I had. They shared with me how they had each believed in the Lord Jesus Christ as their Savior and how their lives had changed. They told me of God's love and how he sent his son Jesus Christ to earth to die on the cross and shed his blood and rise from the dead so that by believing in him, I could have my sins forgiven and have everlasting life with him. Accepting the fact that I was a sinner was never difficult for me. Rather, I felt that I was too great a sinner to be accepted by God. No matter how much I worked to not be a bad person, what a blessing to realize that it's not by my good works, but by God's grace through faith in the Lord Jesus that I could be saved. I was overcome and gave my life to Christ shortly after. I now understood John 3:16 in the Bible that says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. I wish I could tell you that I was fine after that and that it was me and Jesus walking hand in hand. My husband and I got married a short time after that. I thought my marriage would be sufficient to meet all my needs. I wasn't sure why, but I put an immense pressure on my husband to keep me happy. I didn't enjoy intimacy with him and I thought it was his fault. In 2011, my goddaughter was born and we prepared for her baby dedication. I entered church that day and remember how my heart sank when I looked over to my family and saw the last person I ever would have expected, my perpetrator. He was her godfather. And I, had set, I hadn't seen him in several years. My heart sank and I became paralyzed by fear and anxiety. He shook my hand. He grabbed and hugged me. He shook my husband's hand. He shook my parents' hand. He acted like everything was normal. And I was scared, angry, and nauseated all at the same time. It was in that moment that I realized that I had not healed from my assault at all. A year or so later, my husband and I went through re-engage Watermark's marriage ministry. And after we finished, I started Regen knowing that I needed healing in my life somehow. It was in Oprah group that someone mentioned Shelter a group for women who have experienced sexual abuse in their past. I felt like that was where I needed to be in that season. So I ended up leaving Regen Open Group and I went to shelter to heal from my sexual abuse. It was in shelter for the first time I really began to wrestle with God. I believed he was like the past authority in my life, but I needed to see that he was different from the hurt and pain I received from others. Um, One of the primary things I processed while in shelter was my anger. I asked myself, can I be angry at God? Does God love me in my anger? For so long, I tried to avoid the feeling. But being numb and denying my anger only caused me to hide a deeply injured part of my heart from God. I learned the difference between righteous anger and sinful anger. In righteous anger, we join God in anger over evil. It is an anger we feel with God, not at God. This kind of anger moves us towards acts of faith and love and true justice. Righteous anger feels grief, and it is actually an expression of love. But sinful anger does not bear fruit. It is ugly. It does not move us towards producing fruit, love and true justice, but rather acts of selfishness like withdrawal and irritability and rudeness and bitterness. Sinful anger alienates us from God It is characterized by the grief of self-pity, not godly grief over evil. It was this type of anger that produced cancer in my life that ate away at my faith, killing my desire to have a relationship with God. But during recovery, God showed me that he felt the grief of my assault with me. Connecting with my anger and realizing where it came from meant I was finally able to bring this part of me to God. And slowly, I started to give God the ugly, angry, and painful parts of me. And in exchange, I asked for his truth, acceptance, and love. Shelter gave me a safe and secure environment to look at what I was responsible for, the response to my assault, and the angers and the emotions I felt. It, was given, it has given me, through support and acceptance, a place to share and realize that I am not on my own Other people have felt and thought the same as me. Through the principles and teachings of recovery, I have come to understand the power of forgiveness and gain the release of anger that I needed. Through Jesus Christ and what I learned from recovery, I've forgiven my perpetrator. And the hardest of all, I have accepted Christ's forgiveness for myself. For all the lies I believe were truth and all the pain that that caused in my life. I am also constantly learning the importance of using my voice to communicate my feelings and stay connected. Not just in my earthly relationships, but my relationship with God as well. Communicating well enables me to experience healthy relationships. And these healthy relationships remind me that I'm no longer alone. Matthew 11:28 28 through 30 says, come to me all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you And learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart. And you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. In the darkness of my anger, God's response was, my love is able to take your anger. My love is able to hear you, accept you in it, and let you rest. I am able to stay connected to God by being aware of my need to draw strength, guidance, and wisdom from him. And I do this by getting to know him. Devoting daily through prayer, prayer and time in scripture is the best way I have found to stand firm against the devices of the enemy and most importantly, to grow my relationship with the Lord. This connection with God was what my heart had been wanting and needing all my life. God didn't abandon or shame me when I was angry. He allowed me to be angry and he respected my space. He didn't push his way into my life. Instead, he waited patiently for me. When I was ready, he reminded me of his love and sovereignty. God created me. He knows me. He knows everything that happened to me. He knows all the dirtiness, filth, and unworthiness I felt, but his grace is bigger than that. His grace is bigger than the pain I felt, than the sin I committed. Because of his grace, he became man in the person of Jesus and willingly died for all of my sins. He loves me, not dirty, damaged goods. I have a savior who knows my struggles and pain, and he empathizes with me. One of my favorite verses from Shelter is Joel 2.25. I will restore to you the years that the swarming locust has eaten, the hopper, the destroyer, and the cutter, my great army, which I send among you. My sins, my grief, my sorrow were all laid on him. My judgment fell on him. My locusts swarmed all over him. Then on the third day, the Son of God rose in the power of an eternal life. When we allow God to work in our souls, we give him the access he needs to clean out what the locusts destroyed and build up what the Spirit delivers. Because of this, there is hope, because God promises to restore my lost locust years. And He has. He has redeemed and restored so much. My dignity, my trust in others, my relationships, and most importantly, my identity in Him. My life is so different since I've gone through recovery at Watermark. Really, since I walked into the doors of Watermark First of all, I have gained a large family of faithful friends since then. I have become a member of a church body where I am known on a level far deeper than I could have ever imagined. I currently serve on the women's equipping team and I have an amazing community of girls that love me even in my lowest and that are here today. Um, And of course I lost my spot. It has been amazing to step back And see how God has taken my husband and I from isolation in the church and moved us towards intimacy. This was not an overnight process. And still we have to make choices through prayer to choose pressing into others instead of moving away. But we are continually reminded that closeness with others is only possible through relationship with Jesus Christ. And he is our ultimate relationship regardless of the external circumstances. When we are resting in his continued love, we can then have the ability to love another, even when we cannot see how God is forming relationships around us. I am a child of God, his daughter. He has brought me hope and healing for the first time in my entire life. I am indeed a new creation, redeemed by the light and the glory of Christ, I am constantly seeking his truths. I want more of him. I need more of him. There have been times of intimacy and times of what seemed like emptiness in my walk with God, but he is always faithful and always leading me onward. Looking at my journey, I am truly in awe of how God has taken an ugly part of my life and given me the capacity to create something beautiful out of it through his redemption. He is not done with me yet, and my testimony is not over yet either. Life isn't perfect, and frankly won't be until God calls me home. But I can say that life is different. I praise him for continually restoring and redeeming my story, for my joy and his glory. My name is Essay, and because of God's grace and love, I am finding freedom from the sin that binds me. I am no longer held captive by it and I trust him and I, to continue to restore my brokenness